2: Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's.
3: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour, live from Las Vegas, and you see it
2: there. Matthew Berry, where were you last night, my friend? I was at, uh, I was at Zouk in Las (laughs) Vegas. This is about 3 a.m. in the morning. And it is 9 a.m. here. I made our 8 a.m. production call. I can confirm that. Five hours after that video was taking, am I the hero America wanted? No, but maybe the hero America needed. Jay, odds on Barry to
1: be here this morning. Where were they set? I, I mean, it was a true pickem, minus one ten side. <laughs> now, to be fair, on your way to the production call, there was almost an incident on the escalator down. It was very right. narrowly avoided. How are you feeling, Matthew? Feeling good. Better than I should. How about that? Better than I should. It's one of
2: those things that I feel like, you know, like, hey, I feel pretty good, pretty. And like at two o'clock, I'm just going to be, you know, like, just, like, just, um, uh, but no, I, uh, the key, kids, is hydrating. Yes. Hydrating. Yes. You don't, you know, like, you enjoy an
1: adult beverage,
2: water. Enjoy an adult beverage, water. That's the key.
1: The, the stamina's been pretty impressive from you. It's kinda like Mike White, just gets keeps getting hit, <laughs> keeps bouncing back.
3: Throws a flak jacket yeah. on, Connor and I went right. to dinner
1: last night. We were looking at the drinks menu. And then we were just like, let's just not drink. Yeah. And let's not go out with nah. Matthew again. That was a smart movie. That was the, <laughs> yeah. that's where the
2: smart money was. Uh you know, listen, I, I have friends here and so, you know, it's it's great to see them and, and yeah. visit and so a uh, great time was had by all. Uh, and so, yes, but uh, I, I did. not. I was just like, oh boy. But anyway, but yeah, woke up, ready to go. Look, some people, not me, but some people, some people are saying me making the show every single morning after three nights a row in Vegas yeah. is the greatest athletic achievement of our lifetime. A Again, I'm not saying it. it, but some people are.
3: The, the true test is tomorrow. That's yeah. where champions are made. <laughs> yeah, Friday right, morning. Right now, you are absolutely the front runner. Friday. I,
2: I have a couple of I have a couple of buddies coming in from LA just randomly. They're oh, here oh, for no. CES. <laughs> that is the witching hour. I know, yeah. and they are they're old friends and like, dude, we're gonna rip it up tonight. I'm like, oh man. So <laughs> anyway, we'll see what. Just happens. dragging him down. <laughs> yeah, wait, you have no wait, idea. Dragging yeah, him to yeah, the, the right, desk. I Fear for that escalator. I, you know what I need is I need because you see this a lot in Vegas is you need you need one of those carts you know people drive around in the wheelchairs we'll get you you know, for well, tomorrow. Yeah, where they just you know and you drive around with it that's what i we will pull it right up to the front
3: here and, perfect. and you'll just sit and do that at the show with the show that being said let's get into the roto world headlines for today and guys we will start with jalen hurts here uh, philadelphia Inquirer's jeff mcclain reports that jalen hurts practices with the first team during wednesday's walkthrough <laughs>
2: Which is great. My fantasy ride or die. Back in play. We talked about this game yesterday. I know we're going to get Connor into kind of playoff implications for all the NFL teams. They need this game. The Eagles must win this game to get the number one seed in the NFL. Or like to con- con- clinch. There's other ways they could get the number one seed. But they, they really need this. If they win this game, they're the number one seed. They have home field throughout the playoffs in the NFC. So that's important. And I just think this is so... Look, Jalen Hurts is starting. Like we expect he practiced with the first team, as you said. It's a it's a walkthrough, but it's Wednesday. They need this game feels like Jalen Hurts is going to play and if he plays you're starting him and you're starting all of your Eagles in a must win game for Philly
1: yeah I would be shocked if Hurts didn't play given that he did get some practice in last week now he's going through practice again to your point Matthew they do need this game they can't count on the Arizona Cardinals beating the 49ers and and Sam Howell beating the Cowboys which is what they would need to get the one seed if they lose and so yeah I think it's just full steam ahead for the Eagles the line is Eagles minus 14 against the Giants I'm not even sure that's big enough Giants aren't going to play their guys Brian Dayball has been very kind of cagey. I don't think they're going to play their guys. And also, they played their guys against the Eagles like a month ago, and they lost by 26. <laughs> Did it yeah. matter?
2: Jalen Hurts specifically in that Week 14 game against New York, 30.4 fantasy points. He had 77 rushing yards and a touchdown, 217 and two passing touchdowns. He just had a monster game. We would expect against the Giants' backups – defensively for him also to have a big game here so this is a it's a perfect fantasy storm if you have Eagles skill players because they're really motivated and their opponents are not
3: yes and it seems like Jalen has quietly hinted at if this was a playoff game the stretch he's missed he would be out there so maybe they're treating this like a must-win situation where he's going to be out there no matter what and the
2: weird part is So there's two things going on elsewhere, and we we can move on to this real quickly. But I just think, like, Jalen Hurts has been in the MVP conversation. And and so – and he hasn't been out there for the last couple weeks, and so it's been more talk about Mahomes and Allen and Burrow. And and so I think Jalen Hurts obviously wants to come out and try to make a statement game. And the other thing is, is that – for that – and the other thing is, is that if he comes out and has a monster game and the Eagles have this monster game, which we expect because – They need the win, and the Giants are going to play. It just further underscores, Jay, your point about the fact that Nick Sirianni should not
1: be Coach of the year. No, I mean, he goes 0-2 with Gardner Minshew. Who's like a pretty good backup quarterback. And then Shanahan goes 6-0 and with Brock Purdy. I mean, it's a pretty clear point of comparison. So, yeah, I think Hurts definitely wants to win MVP. I don't think he will. But if, if Mahomes loses to the Raiders and Hurts comes back and beats the Giants, then it might be a discussion. But I think Mahomes will win anyway. Right.
2: And, and I just think when they play that well with Hurts, yes. having seen the two losses with Minshew, exactly. I think that's just going to further exacerbate you know, and amplify yep. – oh, yeah, Sirianni needs Hurts more it's, than apparently Kyle Shanahan needs anyone.
1: It's Jalen Hurts' team, and the Niners are Kyle Shanahan's team because you keep just rolling through whoever yep. a quarterback. Put David Blau in there, apparently they just win the Super Bowl.
3: Speaking of Kyle Shanahan's 49ers, they will not see DeAndre Hopkins in Week 18, guys. Hopkins with the knee will not play. Kind of makes me wonder, have we seen the end of the Hopkins era in Arizona potentially?
1: Yeah, potentially weird couple of years for DeAndre Hopkins. I think he was banged up all last year. Just wasn't getting the target share. Just wasn't having games over ninety receiving yards. And he comes out this year, looks like peak Houston DeAndre Hopkins, like the best receiver in the game. And now he's had these injuries as well. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. Obviously, they're probably not going to have Kyler Murray for a stretch of Cliff next season. You said, that. He, said yeah. he probably will not be ready for
2: 2023. That's- pretty rare honesty Everything from a coach on an injury. Just
1: bad in Arizona at the moment. Yeah. It's not going well. And well,
2: I was just going to say it's going to be a fascinating off-season as well because Kingsbury is rumored to be on the hot seat as yeah. well. Their general manager is yep. taking a leave of absence from the team and we don't know what his sort of future status is with the team as well. And so, right, and you then you've got um, you know, uh Zach Ertz, big part of their offense the last, you know, year and a half or so, but He's I, I, off the top of my head. I think he's thirty-three or thirty-four, coming yep. off of an ACL. They like Trey McBride. they their rookie tight end. What happens there with him? And, and so, yeah, a lot. It's a um, could be torn it's, down. It's, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fascinating off season for Arizona so we'll see what ends up happening with Nuke Hopkins wherever he plays next year though he'll be he'll be a top draft pick on the more optimistic side of wide receiver things Debo
3: Samuel dealing with the ankle and the knee injury is practicing in full for week 18 uh to get ready to
2: play against the Cardinals I feel like this will be a little bit of a surprise Barry well they'd always said when the injury happened that he could potentially come back before the end of the season so he's practicing here's the thing though he is practicing in full, and that's that's important. And the Cardinals, I believe, well, you'll walk walk through us, but I believe the Cardinals, uh, I'm sorry, the Niners need this game to clinch the second seed. Yep. yep. So, We're gonna get there. Yep. So we would expect them to play, but you just wonder: Does Debo play limited snaps? They haven't needed him. I mean, hey, you know, yeah. what I mean, like, I mean, that's the thing. And also, Arizona, again, it's it's a game that we would expect them uh, to win. They're 14 point uh, favorites in this game. The Niners are two touchdown favorites. In this game, and so with Debo, it's just sort of like, I have Debo at 33, wide receiver 33, so it's a little bit of a hedge. Does he play a full complement of snaps? You know, is it just sort of to get his feet wet kind of thing? Because they they probably won't need a full game from him to beat. Arizona
1: I think yeah best guess is he plays 20 snaps about that which I mean he's Debo Samuel so he yeah. may only need that much to provide fantasy right. value but you don't want to be relying on Debo I do think it's just get the feet wet before you play in the playoffs you don't want to bring him into a playoff game without a month of playing of having played at all but they don't need him in this game
2: he is a risk reward wide receiver three hey I want to take over hosting duties here for one second Connor because I know every single year You go through and do draft prep for for Bleach Report. You've done it for years and years and years. So yesterday, Ron Rivera and my commanders announced that the third quarterback will start for the team this week, rookie Sam Howell out of North Carolina. what am I and the Commanders getting out of
3: Sam Howell? Yeah, I was excited to see this one, guys. I mean, I thought Sam Howell was underappreciated in the draft. Had a third-round grade on him. Uh, he's got good mobility. He's got a thick build to take on hits. He makes plays out of the pocket. Evaluating him, it reminded me more of a plus-plus Case Keenum style of play, a guy okay. that's going to have success when you cut the field in half, when you allow him to move. He's got a strong arm. That's the thing I like about Sam Howell. He's not six-four. he's not six-five. He's about 6'2", but he can hit all three levels of the field. I think it's a good move by the Commanders. See what you have right here they've had guys play. We know Wentz has struggled with turnovers. We know Heineke has limited traits. You don't have to worry about that with Sam Howell. I want to see him come out, play freely, play loose, and see what he can do throwing the ball down the field to Dotson and McLaurin. That's
2: his best skill set. What you know, and this is a guy that you can talk about this, but it felt like his stock really dropped. After his last year in college, that there was there was talk about him as a yes. first rounder. His first couple of years in college, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. So we start before the 2022 season doing all the mock drafts. Sam Howell is one of the first quarterbacks taken, and he's in every first round mock draft that summer. A lot of talent leaves UNC. A lot of talent, wide receiver, offensive line. They lost Javante Williams and Michael Carter in the backfield. Imagine replacing that. Right. a down and year. Diami
2: Brown, who was really good. He Diami was Brown was really was was really good in, in, in yeah, Carolina. Yeah, it was
3: really Sam Howell and their one receiver, Josh Downs. He has no. talent out there he has a down year not a bad year a down year and somehow goes from being a first round prospect to a guy taken on day three of the draft which is crazy to me so I think the commanders when they took him I thought maybe not strike gold is a is a little bit too rich of a term but I think a guy that can make starts in this league and can make plays down the field and with his legs
2: I had him ahead of
3: Desmond Ritter let me put it like that
2: fair enough fair enough I like I and ahead of Brock Purdy yes well (laughs) well ahead of Brock Purdy I um I, I don't know who told me this. Somebody, and, and maybe it was you, but I just—I remember talking to somebody uh, who's who is a draft nick, you know, uh, some of yourself, And I just, you know, and I said I asked him about Sam Howell, and they basically said, if Sam Howell gets on the field, he ain't coming off. Yeah, he—he's got that edge to his
3: game where guys rally around him. He will lower the shoulder instead of sliding. That kind of player. Um, and he's one of the was one of the best leaders in college football for a long time, so I was just surprised by the fall, and I'm excited to see what he could do for this offense that, you know, could use a little injection of life to end the season.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny to me that the line only moved from six to seven, going from Wentz to How quarterback who's never a, played that in says the a NFL, lot. <laughs> and look, going to seven it is a big, it's a key number, so that is a bigger move than like three and a half to four and a half, but at the same time, like, it just shows how bad Wentz has been. <laughs> Sorry, Matthew, I know it's been a grim, it's been a grim, well, yeah, 50 but, years for Washington quarterbacks. It, it
2: has been, but you know what to connor's point 100% agree absolutely right move see what you have commanders are gonna have a mid-round pick you know um uh which is they always do and that's the problem is they're always in that 15 to 17 to 18 range and they can never get a good quarterback but this is a quarterback rich draft coming out and so i think and maybe they trade up um but it's a it's hard to judge on one game yeah but i will tell you that i know internally at in washington They like what they've seen out of Sam Howell in practice.
3: Yeah, I'm excited to see him play, and it was a good move.
2: And I do think fantasy-wise, I think to your point, like there hasn't been much movement. We know what the Scott Turner offense is going to be. Like they're going to take shots. They're going to take shots. So, I mean, I think you would start McLaurin and you would start Dotson, even though it's against the Cowboys. It's a tough matchup, but volume should be there for both
1: guys. And Cowboys secondary has been gettable lately. They're not playing at the level that they were two months ago.
3: Yeah. So, all right. Let's, uh, before we move to break, guys, I want to get to a positive update here oh, from yeah. the Bills on DeMar Hamlin. The Bills, right before we went on air today, released a statement. Per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours while still critically ill. He has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady process. Guys, this is an update that we absolutely love to see for DeMar Hamlin. All right, with that, we will will take a break, and when we are back, we will get into the AFC playoff picture, some playoff motivation, what teams need for their seating, and what teams might not have anything to play for. We are back from Las Vegas, and guys, we are going to get into the AFC playoff picture. There's a lot to break down here. We are in the final week of the regular season. There's a ton on the line for top to bottom here, all the way down playing for the one seed as you look at Kansas City, uh, the ongoing situation with Buffalo and Cincinnati that we don't have a concrete update on yet, and of course, the wildcard picture and in the hunt. So we're going to get through every single scenario here. Jay, is there anything that jumps out notably, though, on the board big picture-wise as you see the graphic on the screen?
1: I mean, everything's just so in flux until we know what's going to happen with with the AFC title game, with the resumption of Buffalo-Cincinnati. It just looks like that it's not going to be resumed at this point, and so it might be a neutral site AFC title game. Uh, I will say that I think with Week 18, the key is just understanding which teams have nothing to play for. And in the 100%. AFC, there's actually... No teams that have nothing to play for. It's just Tampa and New York and the Giants right. in, in the NFC. So it's all a bit of a mess.
2: Steven, can we flash that graphic up one more time in terms of the current playoff picture? Because one thing jumped out at me. Let's get we flash that up real quickly, um, which is uh, hilarious. Here, I'm guessing we can't. Okay. <laughs> oh well. It's, oh, coming. it's coming. It's here. We go. Here we go. So this is what I want to point out. You know, like what jumps out at me? Look. Okay. So. You got the six seed, the the Ravens that are going to start Tyler Huntley this week, and then look at in the hunt, Skylar Thompson, Kenny Pickett, Josh Dobbs. Yeah, like great. I mean, like that's fighting to dethrone Mac Jones, right? Exactly. I mean, that's what's.
1: I mean, just it's man, oh man, oh man, oh man. I kind of I mean, it's not the odds on thing but, and it's not likely to happen, but it kinda of feels like Pittsburgh get in, doesn't it? Like Jets right, beat but, Skylar Thompson, Patriots lose to the Bills and then the Steelers win a two and a half point favorites in Cleveland.
2: I mean it just I mean you're you're looking at two, like the Dolphins are starting a third string quarterback, uh, and the Titans are starting not only a third string quarterback,
1: but a guy that's been there for less than a month. Yeah. You know, they signed Josh Dobbs off the Steelers' practice squad. Yep. It's amazing. Of those three teams, I think Kenny Pickett is by far the best quarterback. I know. I think yeah. Kenny Pickett might be good, like now. Yes. He's been playing really well the past month. Yeah,
2: I, mean, I think they've done a good job coaching him up, and and they're playing smart. And shocker, a Mike Tomlin team is playing tough at the end of the <laughs> season. You know what I mean? Like, I agree with you. I actually think, you know, as you sort of look at it, because of the unfortunate situation, some of yeah. the injuries with other the quarterbacks, like – you know, Steelers have a Steelers, legit shot. Yeah. Steelers have a help, legit – They need help, but they, they have a legit shot. They were 2-6. And the
1: and help- they were 2-6 and 100-1 and to, to make the playoffs. And now all of a sudden they just need a couple things to go their way, which are very possible. And very they're
2: possible. Exa- exactly.
1: Yeah, and, possible. and
3: Mike Tomlin fighting once again to never have a losing <laughs> season in his I, NFL head
2: coaching I've career. I've said this before. I will say this again. The NFL needs to go back – and for every year that Antonio Brown was on the Steelers, <laughs> retroactively award Mike Tomlin the coach of the year. Yeah. Now um, that we know what we know, like, I mean, seriously, Mike I'm Tomlin, coach of the year. All right, let's
3: start with the current one seed, the Kansas City Chiefs. They are nine-and-a-half point favorites traveling here to Vegas to take on the Raiders. The over-under is set at 52-and-a-half in this one, guys. Uh, it's simple right here. Chiefs win. They clinch the number one seed if Buffalo and Cincinnati does get canceled and the latest it seems to be rumbling around is that that game might not be resumed so the Chiefs right. have to win this game
2: yeah you know and and Adam Schefter put this out there that uh that it looks like the league is leaning towards nothing has been officially announced but potentially that there would be a neutral site game for the number one seed potentially the number one seed might get a get the option to choose either home field with no buy or a neutral you know a buy but no uh Uh, You know, but neutral site AFC championship game. We'll see how that all plays out. But either way, the point is the Chiefs are motivated in a game with a great matchup. So I still think Jarek McKinnon is a top 20 play this week, right? It's been a little bit touchdown dependent because he's not getting a ton of run, but he is involved in the passing offense as well. They like him a lot. At least five catches and 50 receiving yards in three of his past four games. So even without the touchdowns, that's a usable flex. And obviously being on Kansas City, you've got a better shot than not to catch a touchdown pass. They like him a lot in that role. And then Isaiah Pacheco, I think he's a top 25 play. I think he's a viable flex against Las Vegas who have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs.
1: Yep. One thing to notice well in this game, Patrick Mahomes needs 430 passing yards to break the all-time record. And he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's really going to hunt that. And yeah. But it is this pass defense is bad enough and the matchup is favorable enough in a dome that, I mean, he could get there, certainly. But, uh, yeah, I think that's certainly Pacheco and McKinnon, are very viable.
3: Especially if it turns into a mini shootout with Jarrett Stidham.
1: The great under center. Stidham. It, yeah. I mean, a real
3: question for you guys, if, for people that are playing still in fantasy matchups this week, or even for daily, is Stidham a viable streamer, considering the Kansas City secondary, and what we saw from him against San Francisco last week?
2: He is. It's a risky one, but, you know, sometimes you, you're stuck. Like, if you've been riding Tua and playing the, you know, kind of the matchup game, and you're sitting there like... Well, I'm a QB fourteen. So he is he is no question a risk reward QB two, but to your point, fifty-two and a half over under. They're nine and a half point underdogs. In theory, they're going to throw. And then you think about the Chiefs defense that gets in a lot of these games, you know, where teams have to throw against them. Kansas City's allowed the third most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks this year. They have allowed the most touchdown passes in the NFL as well. So yes, anyone that's throwing to Devontae Adams is potentially viable and look he wasn't perfect but stidham i think was a lot better than everyone expected last week against the niners
1: i think he showed that he can put up numbers and look he i don't think that that game was indicative of what he's going to be going forward because the niners they did not show up for that game the defense did not show up and they kind of admitted it nick Bosa said yeah we might not have taken him as seriously as we probably should have but i do think just. In the dome, playing from behind, to your point, Matthew, and just being able to chuck—he can chuck the ball up to Devonte Adams, and Darren Waller looks a lot better. And Renfro is there, so I do think that—I don't think Jared Sittum's very good, but I think fantasy-wise, he could absolutely put up 330 yards with two touchdowns and two picks.
3: Yes. Moving on to Patriots Bills, here's the situation for this one, guys. Right now, the okay. Bills are favored by seven and a half points as New England will be traveling to Buffalo. The over under is at 42 and a half. Buffalo playing for seeding. It is contingent on the Buffalo-Cincinnati decision, which would have a huge effect on their potential clinching of the number one seed. New England, of course, they need to win this game to clinch the number seven seed as the Dolphins and Steelers are breathing down their necks. So there is a lot at stake in this one. Obviously, the sides are on Buffalo in terms of being the favorite here, but New England has to go all out to try to hold down their playoff spot in this one.
2: Yeah, uh, they ab- they absolutely do. And so I think that's, you know, important. The problem is, is I just don't know. doesn't matter yeah. for fantasy purposes. I guess the only real question here is Ramondre Stevenson. Yes. What do we do with him? We talked about him on yesterday's show, right? The concern is, right, he had 10 touches last week, which is – Tied for his fewest in a healthy game this week. Four straight games with two or fewer receptions. They're not using him in the passing game for whatever reason. Damian Harris came back, and as a result, Stevenson only played 57% of the snaps. So he's on the right side of a timeshare, but it's a timeshare. And so if he's not getting passing game usage, and he's not getting getting passing game usage, and he's in essence splitting touches, you're a little bit nervous. I'm banking on talent and banking on the fact that – they might need to throw more going against the Bills. And so uh, my expectation here is is that they'll use some more in the passing game because they don't – you know, Damian Harris is not a pass-catching back. But to me, that's the only question on the Patriots' side of the ball here. Where is he in your rankings this week? I'm at 19. Okay, I'm at running back 19. I, but it's – like if you start looking at the rankings, it's sort of damning with faint praise. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I it's – uh, I didn't feel great about my running back 19 ranking.
1: I think the strangest thing around this game is just, are Buffalo going to play their guys? Are they going to go all out to win? And do they care really about the two seed versus the three seed enough to play everyone? And look, the line went from nine and a half to seven, because there is some uncertainty around that, but I think they're just going to play all their guys home game after everything that's happened. Also, if they don't play their guys, then that's basically like two weeks without them playing football, going into the playoffs. And, I mean, yeah, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere in Buffalo, and obviously, it feels trivial to talk about betting around the Buffalo Bills right now and and fantasy. But look, I do think they will play, and I think they'll play everyone, and and you expect that. Yeah, it's
2: an unprecedented situation, and so we just don't know how the team's going to respond. Exactly. And 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 is it a, is it a like, we can't? We're so worried about three. We're so worried about our our you know our friend and and brother Demar that we can't really focus here or is it a like we're we are winning this one for him we are you know what i mean like we we just don't know um and i agree with you it's completely trivial and so like ridiculous to even talk about because it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things but um but yeah i feel like gut call Buffalo plays their asses off I'm here. With you. My,
1: my gut call and, is The that Bills
2: Mafia shows up like... And they always show up. But Bills Mafia shows up. I think you will see a sea of number threes yep. in, that, uh, yep. in the stands. And, uh, yeah, and I think they show up. And, um, I mean, I think... Uh, give me the Bills minus seven and a half. Yeah,
1: and it's just going down to seven right now. So I think that, yeah, my gut feel, and I think you probably feel the same way, Connor, is that this is going to be the most focused team in NFL history. Um, on the weekend. Are they going to go all out?
3: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't even think they need that full week of practice. I think the energy that they will have, they will come out ready to roll, especially under the leadership of Josh Allen and, of course, Sean, Sean McDermott. All right, moving along in the AFC playoff picture, the Ravens travel to Cincinnati. The Bengals are seven-point favorites in this game against Tyler Huntley. Here's the situation with the Bengals right now. They are playing for seeding. They would get the number two seed if they win this game and Buffalo loses to New England, Baltimore—they've clinched their playoff spot. They will either be the number three, number five, or number six seed. But from a fantasy perspective, Barry, are you rolling with J.K. Dobbins in what is a really tough matchup against that Bengals front seven?
2: No, I'm trying not to. I mean, honestly, like I'm at running back 35. Like, so oh. here's the thing about uh, uh, J.K. Dobbins, right? There's no passing game usage, uh, and he's splitting carries. Right? I mean, again, so. Five of the last six games, he's had zero receptions. When I say no passing game usage, I mean literally zero passing game usage. It's a tough matchup against the Bengals. You know, literally one running back this year has scored more than 15 fantasy points against Cincinnati. They've been allowed more than 66 rushing yards to a running back in three straight, and so I'm sorry, in five straight. And so, I just feel like. You know, the other thing is, is like I don't know if you guys saw this, but John Harbaugh, after last week's game, said he did not understand why the disparity between J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. J.K. Dobbins in that game against Pittsburgh dominated the touches. I think Edwards, off the top of my head, got three touches or something like. I mean, really small numbers. And he he made a point of saying that in the press conference that, in essence, I got to talk to Greg Roman. I I don't understand what that what happened, but we've got to get Gus more involved. So there'll be a concentrated effort to take carries away from J.K. Dobbins. So you have two guys that are both, you know, not involved in the passing game. Justice Hill is their passing down back. Tough matchup against the Bengals. So Dobbins needs a touchdown to basically pay off here. You know, I mean, could he get you 90 rushing yards? Yes, he's done that three of the last four games. But against Cincinnati, I just... I'm nervous about him. He's my running back 35.
1: Yep. The Ravens are just the weirdest team in the league right now. It feels like they haven't really been a real team for a month now because they're just in this state of purgatory and flux until we find out, is is Lamar Jackson ever going to play for Baltimore again? Do we know that for sure? Like it's just, it's a very strange situation, but yeah, and and you don't feel good about any Raven in this matchup. Even Mark Andrews, who you're starting because he's a tight end, but you just don't know what you're going to get out of him.
3: Correct. The AFC South is on the line in week 18 here, guys. Titans travel to Jacksonville. Jacksonville is favored by six points in this game. I mean, that's the situation. Winner moves on. Winner wins this division, which is hilarious. Tennessee has absolutely been beat up throughout this entire year. They are starting Josh Dobbs in this game, as most of you know. Jacksonville, while they've had this remarkable turnaround in the second half of the year, you do have to ask the question, Barry, are you ignoring last week from a fantasy perspective and fully trusting Trevor Lawrence and company against a Tennessee secondary
2: that's been Swiss cheese this year? A thousand percent. I'm all, on, I'm all in on my swag, are At home, playoffs on the line. Never wavered the way that no. an Australian I know did. Uh, I will say... Hugh Jackman? This, yes. Hugh Jackman E-therpin. has been very, very in and out. Right, yeah. and Kylie, Kylie, Kylie Mcnogue would just
1: never, yeah. never
2: set uh, whether she liked the Jaguars She's or not. was benching
1: Travis Etienne, yeah. actually. Um, him um,
2: but last week, I mean, you think about their previous two games, right? Last week they were playing the Houston Texans a game that did not matter at all. They knew that this game against the Tennessee Titans in Week 18 is what would decide it. So they got up to a big lead. Etienne had the big touchdown, and so they just rested all their guys for you know about half the game. Uh, So I think you can sort of throw that out. And then the week before was the short week game, the Thursday night game against the Jets, a very good defense, played in the rain, bad weather game uh, in the Meadowlands. And so going against Tennessee – I mean, and we talk about this. Tennessee has uh, the best run defense in the NFL over the past month, but no team has been worse against the pass in the last four weeks than the Tennessee Titans. They're also 27th in scoring defense as well. So I have Lawrence as a top five quarterback. I have Etn as a top 12 running back. Christian Kirk is my wide receiver 14. We talked about Zay Jones on the show yesterday. I'm at 27, right? I, he's, a, he's a top 30 guy. I like him this week. And Evan Ingram's at tight end seven. I'm starting all my Jaguars. Six-point favorites, and I think they cover and win.
1: Yeah, I think the question is, is who do you start on Tennessee? And I think there's just one name, and it's Derrick Henry, and then absolutely no one else.
2: Yeah, I don't want to piece up. Again, like, Josh Dobbs is a nice story and an upgrade over Malik Willis, but I don't think you feel good about Traylon Burks or, you know. Um,
1: Robert uh, Woods. Uh,
2: yeah, Robert Woods or uh, my guy Chig at tight end. Like, I just, I agree with you. It's Derrick Henry, and, and then you're moving on. Moving down to the AFC
3: East over here. The Jets are one-point favorites now at Miami against the Dolphins, oh, who yes. will presumably be, presumably be led by Skylar Thompson. Teddy Bridgewater not able to throw right now. We know Tua is out. Mike Glennon uh, just out of nowhere. I think he was at his kid's basketball game when he got the call. <laughs> right, Mike, <laughs> was Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon is was back. Doing? Here's the situation for Miami. They need to take care of business against the Jets with the win, and they need New England to lose up in Buffalo, and then the Dolphins will be in the playoffs with the seventh seed. That doesn't sound overly complicated, guys, but the problem is they're seeing a Jets defense that took care of business easily when they knocked Teddy Bridgewater out on the first play of the game, the last time they played, and Skylar Thompson, understandably a day three rookie, struggled. So with all of that, Barry, what are your expectations for the dynamic duo of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in this game with Thompson under center?
2: I think they'll be okay. Um, by the way... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people definitely can hear that. Yeah, so the question of who let the dogs out, the answer is our production staff.
1: That was actually um, the, um, that's actually the Tiger from um, Hangover Part 1. Or part 2? Part 1? <laughs> Listen, guys,
2: you only saw part of the video <laughs> yeah. from Zook last night. Like, right.
1: it, it got nutty. Uh,
2: look... I expect a better game from Skylar Thompson. Let's just start there, okay? Like, he was thrown into an impossible situation where he hadn't gotten many. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater had been expected to start that game. He gets injured on play one, and so now this seventh-round rookie gets thrown in when he'd taken, like, the second-team reps. Uh, And the week prior to that, he'd done nothing but the third-team reps because it had been Tua uh, the whole way. And so he's been in the system longer. They knew, you know, so he's gotten all the first-team reps this week as well. Now, it is a bad matchup with the Jets, but I think Mike McDaniel is going to do his best Kyle Shanahan. I'm going to scheme it up. I'm going to scheme up like quick crosses and slants and manufactured touches for Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and try to get them on mismatches so that the quick, easy pitch and catch throws that get him, that get Waddle and Tyree Kill yards after the catch and just allows them to use their speed. So I just don't know how you have lowered expectations a little bit. Tyree kills at eight. Jalen Waddle's at twenty because of both the matchup against the Jets, who were very good, and a downgraded quarterback. But I think you're still starting both.
1: Yeah. I think the way the way I think about this game is that both of these quarterbacks, Skylar Thompson and Mike White, were terrible last week. And who is more likely to bounce back? And to me, it's Mike White. And it's mainly because of the matchup. I just think Mike White's better than Skylar Thompson. He's got more uh, history. But then also, like... It's not just the quarterback situation for Miami. Like, Xavier Howard didn't play last week. Teron Armstead, Bradley Chubb, they were all out. None of them practiced yesterday either. So I think that on the Jets' side, you know, guys like Garrett Wilson are going to be able to, to perform. And, yeah, you're starting Tyreek and Waddle, but you're not feeling good about the Dolphins overall.
3: Yeah, if you're looking for a glimmer of hope, the Jets missed 13 tackles last week, so hopefully Mike McDaniel can scheme those touches you said to these guys. But at the end of the day, this is definitely an uphill battle, battle for Scott. You know, it's
2: interesting, though. I mean, the Jets' run defense has kind of struggled recently yeah, as yep. well. I mean, they're a bottom-10 run defense. Defense over the last month, and do you wonder, like with Skylar Thompson, is it a heavy Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson game I think as so. well? Even if it is all those things, I cannot imagine a week 18, if you have something on the line in week 18, clicking bench on Jalen Waddell or Tyreek Hill.
1: You can't, and you can't because of Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel's too good. They just need one play.
2: Right. Yeah, and both guys, all they need is one play to make the day.
1: Looking over at the West, the Chargers will travel
2: to
3: Denver. Uh, Denver, right now, slated as two and a half point favorites. And we heard this is the scenario right here for the Chargers. They have they clinched the number five seed with a win or a Baltimore loss. We know the Broncos are out. And Coach Brandon Staley actually spoke about his experience with dealing with playoff implications at the end of the season. I think it just goes back to what I said um, you know, all along about the approach. Is like you've got to take the facts on the ground um, as they happen in real time to make you know, your determinations. And so that's what we're going to do. Um, Once we find out about that game, then we'll make the appropriate decisions moving forward um, and just take it case by case. And obviously, we're not going to know that till till Sunday. But our approach this week is to to go beat the Broncos and to play our best.
2: And that's the thing. It's a a really weird scheduling quirk, guys. So the voice you just heard is, again, Chargers head coach Brandon Staley. And what he's talking about is so they're they're the four o'clock game they in the 4 o'clock window of the Broncos-Chargers game. Ravens-Bengals play in the 1 o'clock hour. And so if the Ravens lose to Cincinnati, which is certainly possible, yeah. the Chargers are locked into the 5 seed no matter what. Which explains the and, line. Broncos right. Broncos being
3: favored. Yeah. Right.
2: Exactly. So that's what he's saying. Like, why would you play your starters and risk injury? Maybe you play playing for a series or two. But if the Ravens lose, which is certainly possible, obviously, against Cincinnati— why would you risk your stars to any sort of injury having said that though if the ravens uh win the game then they need to win to 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 clinch the number 5 seed you know
1: and I think they will want that five seed because it's so much better playing against the probably the Jags, maybe Tennessee, as it is to play against the Bengals or the Bills. But, I mean, the way to think about this is that the Bengals are minus 300 money line favorites against Cincinnati's uh, – sorry, sorry, against the Ravens. So that means that there are – it's a 75% chance that the Chargers will have nothing to play for in that game. And I would just – I think what
2: I'm doing is if I have, you know, Charger stars, I'm doing two things. Number one is – In situations where it makes sense, like, hey, like, hopefully you have – if you have Austin Eckler, you get Josh Kelly, right? You know, hey, Josh Palmer – you know, DeAndre Carter, some of these backup guys uh, on the team, Donald Parham, if you've been rolling out Gerald Everett, et cetera, et cetera, so that you can just sort of pivot to them. If they're not available in your league, it depends what other options you have. What do you, what do you got,
1: I just One thing that's random on this, DeAndre Carter and Gerald Everett, they both have contract incentives that are very reachable. So DeAndre Carter needs two receptions, 55 receiving yards, gets 100K each for those. Gerald Everett, five receptions, gets him quarter of a million dollars. So that's stuff to think about when you're setting your lineup. Especially with a player's coach. A guy like Staley is going to do his best to to make sure those guys get those. A a
2: thousand percent. But, like, it's just you hate to go, like, I wouldn't use Herbert. I really think what you're talking about here is you're talking about Eckler, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen. And what I would do is, again, have a contingency plan because I think there's a, to your point, I think there's a 75% chance that those guys don't play or play meaningful snaps in the 4 o'clock game. So I would want to either, if you have a a pretty good option at the 1 o'clock, I would just start that guy. You know what I mean? Um, And and say, I'm just going to bench it. But if not, if you want to wait and see, just make sure you have a very viable pivot. Our final AFC matchup for Week
3: 18, the Browns travel to Pittsburgh. We talked about Pittsburgh at the top of the show. They are somehow in this playoff picture and have a very legitimate chance. Here's what the Steelers need. They need to win this game, and they need both the Patriots to lose to the Bills and the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson to lose to the Jets. That's not as insane as we once would have thought with this Steelers team who has been surging right now. Barry, is Najee Harris suddenly a top
2: 10 play with his recent stretch of success? He is for me. I'm at running back six this week. You know, it's interesting. He was looking like a a huge bust at the beginning of the year fantasy-wise, but they kept grinding it out and they kept using it. And he's now had three straight games with 22 or more touches. Like, they want to take the ball out of Kenny Pickett's hands. He's had 85 or more total yards in six the past eight. And it's a good matchup in theory with Cleveland. Browns defense played better last week. But for the season, they're bottom three in the NFL in terms of rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs. So given the volume and the matchup, I think Harris is due for a big game.
1: Yeah. I only took about until week 15. But all of a sudden, yeah, Najee Harris, exactly what we expected him to be at the start of the season.
3: If you made it to the playoffs with Najee Harris, it all worked out for you. If you you made it there. We are going to go to break when we're back. We're doing the same thing on the NFC side of things with that NFC playoff picture.
0: Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McKrispy, Crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
3: Welcome back as we are live from Las Vegas, and we are looking at the NFC playoff picture here at MGM Grand. And here it is, guys. Not as crazy as the AFC. We no. talked about top to bottom in the AFC. It felt like not just the teams in the seating, but in the hunt had significant things to play for. Barry, you look at this NFC playoff picture. What jumps out to you right here?
2: Well, the fact that uh, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants are all, all are all in. Yes, the Commanders, <laughs> the only team in the <laughs> NFC Lionel East to not make the playoffs. Good job. Hail the Commanders. Hail victory! <laughs> I feel your with the Jets uh, in the NFC so. You know, and it's just, by the way, I, I think there's, for the last remaining spot, there's three great stories, right? I mean, so if Geno Smith wins and gets, you know, if Geno Smith wins and the Lions win, Seahawks are in. And what an amazing story that would be. You know, they wrote him off. He ain't right back. Uh, be incredible for the Seahawks to be in the playoffs. The Lions, if the Rams beat the Seahawks, then it is win or get it, win and get in for the Lions-Packers Sunday night right here on NBC and Peacock. I am a company man, so that would be amazing. What an amazing game, Lions versus Packers. Whoever wins that game is playing uh, postseason football. And you know, we talked, we joked in the beginning of the year, Jay, about Dan Campbell, coach of the year. Yeah. Like he won't get it, but like if they end up getting to the playoffs, yeah. He absolutely deserves a lot of votes.
1: Yeah, or how about Pete Carroll? That was supposed to be the worst team in the league. And now they're 8 8. They're probably going to be 9 8 because they're six point favorites over the Rams, even if they don't get in. Like, that's an amazing. I think we lose sight as the year goes on about, like, these teams. We kind of just think the Seahawks are just a solid team now. No, they were supposed to be a mess. People wanted Drew Locke to be the starter for that team. I was like, why are they starting Geno Smith? Now, Geno Smith's been a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. With the win, is he comeback player of the year? I think so. If he gets the win, I just think he's the best story. I think Saquon Barkley has an argument, but Geno was nowhere.
2: And Brian Robinson does not get a – he's not eligible. He should
1: win, but he's not eligible. So I think it probably will be Geno if he wins this week.
3: Let's jump right into the games here, guys. The Giants at Philadelphia. The Eagles are now 14-point favorites. Here's the thing with the Giants. They are locked into the sixth seed no matter what. They are one of the rare teams in this final week that truly could be resting everybody. We'll see. But with Philadelphia – They need to win this game. As we started the top of the show with Jalen Hurts practicing with the first team this week, they need to win this game to clinch the number one seed against that Giants rush defense, Barry. Maybe backups.
2: Bounce back spot for Booby Sanders. Yeah, I think so. Look, you think about that Week 14 game against these same Giants, 18 for 155 and two touchdowns. Giants have allowed the fourth most rushing yards per game to opposing running backs this season, and that was with their starters. And again, now you're looking at at, uh, at backups. Brian Dayball uh, on Wrestling Starters, this is the quote, we will do what we think is best for the team and sit down and have conversations, which to me is like... <laughs> We're sitting, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, what's yeah. best for the team is none of their starters get hurt in a meaningless game. Yep. They, they cannot improve their playoff position here.
1: Yeah, I and, think there's some history with that franchise where they played against the Patriots back in 2007 to, like, try and stop the perfect season. They lost 38-35, and people point to that game as really setting the Giants on the Super Bowl path. But that's probably a bad decision by the Giants <laughs> to play their guys that game. What if Eli Manning got hurt? So, right. yeah, I don't think we're not going to see any... We're not going to see New York's Giants starters for the whole game, certainly. Jay, yeah. is this a, is this a trap line, or do you think the Eagles actually smoke the Giants backups? No, it's not a trap line. Yeah. I think I think the yeah, I think the, the play might be Eagles minus fourteen. Uh, I've spoken to people who bet professionally on the, the NFL who say that this is basically the most lopsided matchup in NFL history when you consider the incentives, the fact that the Eagles, they have to win to get the one seed, and the Giants are playing for absolutely nothing. And also, when the Giants played their starters, they lost by 26 at home to the Eagles a month ago. Moving along here,
3: Cardinals travel to San Francisco to play the 49ers. The 49ers also... 14-point favorites in this game. San Francisco, though, they're still alive for that number one seed. Arizona obviously eliminated, so we're assuming San Francisco playing to win this game. I think the question here is, guys, how much do we see out of Christian McCaffrey? How much do we see out of Debo Samuel? Barry, how do you break down the Niners' rush attack?
2: Yeah, I don't think it's a lot. I mean, because I think, to your point, we, I think they probably expect uh, they expect the Eagles to win this one, and so they're going to play for the they're going to play for the two seed here. I think you'll see a decent amount of Jordan Mason. Look, Chris McCaffrey is one of those guys that all he needs is one play, and I think he'll get some run in this game. Like, remember, he still came over in mid season. I'm at running back too, but uh, he's not without risk this week. Like, if I was playing DFS, I'm probably not using him except it's maybe a contrarian play because there's a chance they, they, their starters don't play a full complement of snaps.
1: Yeah, there's some weirdness here where if I was San Francisco, I might almost prefer the three seed because then you get to play the Giants as opposed to potentially the Packers, and then you go on the road to Minnesota where you're going to be favored anyway. But I think the problem is is that even if they wanted to lose the game to the Cardinals, I don't think they can. I just think it's one of those right. things with like uh, Ahmad Bradshaw trying not to score the touchdown on the Super Bowl, but he just falls in because uh, the momentum is too much. So, yeah, I think the Niners, they'll be, they'll be playing their guys but I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see McCaffrey that much in the second half. One
2: thing that's and – it, and it's worth noting, though, that there, all these games are at um, – so the, the Giants-Eagles game is also the late window. Yep. So, I mean, so again, like you'd think the Giants-Eagles, so well, that's probably a 1 o'clock game, but it's actually a wait, late window. So they won't know. San Francisco won't know whether they're locked into the two or not because Eagles and Giants will be playing at the same time. But to your point, I think they probably – I don't think you see a full complement of snaps from everyone, except maybe Brock Purdy, who just needs the experience.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, like they might be up twenty-eight nothing at halftime, the Niners, so that might be the that might be the the benching incentive in the second half.
3: Speaking of that number two seed, the Vikings, who are still in play for seven and a half point favorites, as they travel to Chicago to play. Nathan Peterman. Here's the situation with Minnesota. They can get the number two seed if they win this game, which we're assuming they have a good chance of doing, and if the Niners somehow lost to the Cardinals. And we heard from Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell on the thought of sitting his starters. Do you foresee that you would, would go like not playing Kirk Cousins or not playing Justin Jefferson? Or if you do make some adjustments, it would be more subtle than that? Yeah, I think it would probably be more subtle than that. Um, Kevin, just knowing that the two seed is still uh, available for us. Uh, I imagine we'll probably be playing at the same time um, as, as uh, you know, Sam Fran or anybody else Fine for, you know, movement amongst the seeds. Uh, so it's set up in, a, in that way. And, and regardless, we still have a lot to play for just
2: from a momentum standpoint. Yeah, for the record, they won't be playing at the same time they'll be playing earlier. So the San Francisco game is in the 4 o'clock window. Vikings-Bears is in the 1 o'clock window as well. And even if they decide to sit some of their starters for a little bit, and I don't think they will, three quarters against the Bears might be enough. I I mean, like the Bears just—this is a Bears team that, to your point, is going to start Nathan Peterman, um, who's— possibly throws a pick or a turnover or certainly doesn't generate a ton of long drives. So you're figuring the Vikings are starting a lot of these drives in in good field position uh, as well, a short field. I have Cousins at QB6. I have Dalvin Cook at, at running back five. Jefferson Jefferson, obviously, number one wide receiver. Hawkinson, my number three tight end. I think you're starting the normal Vikings you would.
1: Yeah, and we talked about this yesterday, Matthew, but I'd be shocked if this line finishes at seven and a half just right. because of the scheduling because they're not going to know that the two seed is out for them. And then... Like, this is going to be the worst offense in football with the, with the Bears, with Peterman on that side. And then also, the defense is not very good either. So, <laughs> the yeah, yeah, might be helping. the worst defense in football as well. So, I think also, Justin Jefferson needs 194 receiving yards to break the all time record, Calvin Johnson's record. Now, mo- normally you would say, well, he's not going to get 194 receiving yards. This game, yes, he can. He might in this game. game he might in this game. Wow! All right. Especially, by the way, after last week. Exactly. He's oh, yes. really motivated. Oh, yeah. All right. Buccaneers at the
3: Falcons here in uh, what's been one hell of a division this season. <laughs> no denying that. The Falcons are favored by four points. Tampa Bay is locked into the number four seed. That is what explains the line of the Falcons being favored by more than a field goal in this one. But we did hear from Todd Bowles on the thought of sitting his starters where that's something he would not guarantee for this Tampa team.
2: No, but we can get better at a lot of things. So right now I plan on playing them. Uh, we'll see as the week goes forward. But we can get better at a lot of things that we need to work on. And we don't need to take our foot off the gas.
3: Yeah, it's, it's Sounds like great our production point. calls. What? We just sit there and we, we, can, get, we can get better at some things. Uh, yeah, Whatever. all the time. Yeah. All,
2: all the time. Um, what I would say is, uh, and I like the fact that he's, he's, he's now off the milk and cookies, now <laughs> focused. He's right, though. This is, not, this is not a team that can be like, ah, we got this. This is a team that's still sloppy, that still has a lot of things to clean up on both sides of the ball. My expectation here is, yeah, that they, they play their full complement of starters.
1: Yeah. It's a weird – like right now the line is Atlanta minus four – Home to Tampa, like that's not a real line. That's not that's not what the line is going to be because if they rest their guys, then it would be minus six and a half, seven. And then if Tampa's going to play their guys the whole game, then they would be favored over the Falcons. So right. it's a little bit of a mess. But yeah, I would expect that they probably play them the first half or so, and then. But it's just it's very difficult to figure out. And what I really want is the NFL to just remove the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the playoffs and just give that spot to Seattle or Detroit. Honestly, <laughs> this team does not deserve a playoff spot.
2: Yeah, it doesn't. But that's the way it uh, it's all set up. I do think that because of the defense, that even a half or three-quarters of a game against this Bears defense makes them viable. Brady comes in at QB8 for me. I have Godwin at wide receiver 9, Mike Evans at wide receiver 15. Those are the guys that you're obviously starting. You can check my ranks out on Rotoworld if you want to talk about the running backs here. But I feel good about the passing attack here against the Bears, even in a, a short, a potentially short game for them. Cowboys traveling to play the Commanders. They are favored by seven and a half points
3: right now, as we discussed earlier. Sam Sam Howell no. No respect for Sam Howell. Uh, Here's the deal. The Commanders eliminated, but with Dallas, they are still alive for both the number one and number two seeds, depending on the outcome of a lot of matchups. And, of course, them needing to take care of business against the fighting Sam Howells. Ezekiel Elliott has a chance here to score for his 10th straight game. Barry, do you think he could pull that off? Yes, I
2: do. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, look, yeah. I mean, look, first off, he's getting the opportunity. When they get in close, they obviously love Zeke. Um, Washington Commander's defensive line is banged up. The whole defense, uh, you know, kind of fell apart last week against the Cleveland Browns. So Ezekiel, who's had six straight games with 17 touches, including a lot of, you know, high-value touches in the red zone and in goal-to-go situations, I think he gets a couple here, and I think he cashes one in.
1: What's your grade for the Commander's season? C Say plus? I mean, the, the record is – they're going to pretty much hit their win total. Yeah, but. I
2: think so. – you see plus, B minus. You know I mean? Look, they, they lost some close ones, but you know what? Then they, they they kept their heads in it, and they won a bunch of close ones. The team rallied around Heineke. The defense shored itself up sure. much sooner than it did last year. Last year, it was defense was awful until like the last third of the year, I felt like. So uh, there's obviously a lot of positives on defense. And um, look, we – you know, coming out of the draft, I'm just say like – Washington like John Dotson and Brian Robinson yep. are freaking ballers. Yep. Like come and we'll see what they got in Howell. Like you know this is like, I think the Commanders actually had a very good draft and that proved it out uh um this year. I'm going to say right now I'm
3: going to be keeping an eye on the Howell props for this game if they're yeah. set very, very low. I actually think he has a good performance against the Cowboys secondary. Yep. So we'll see what he can do I would in love his that. debut. I would love that. Moving over to the Rams against the Seahawks. The Seahawks obviously fighting for their playoff lives now in a couple weeks in a row here. Seattle needs to win this game. They need to take care of business at home against the Rams who let's not forget The Rams did give them a scare, not that long ago. Seattle has to win that at the end of the game. But Seattle needs to win this game. And on Sunday Night Football here on NBC, they need Green Bay to lose against the Lions. And then Geno Smith's Seahawks are in. So everything is on the line for Seattle.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, listen, it's a pretty narrow. You're starting Tyler Lockett. You're starting DK Metcalf. You're starting Ken Walker. Bingo, bango.
1: Yep, and JNR. I think you feel okay starting Geno. The Rams' defense has been – hasn't really fallen off a cliff it, like I expected the Rams' defense to without Aaron Donald, without having anything to yeah. play for. They're still solid enough.
2: It's super weird. I mean, the Rams have – like the, the last two weeks, the Rams have looked like totally different teams, so you're never really sure which team is going to show up here in uh, in this one. But I think uh, playing at home, Seattle knowing that they got a shot at getting into the playoffs, I think they have a good game.
1: Yep. I think with Geno as well, I mean, he hasn't been great the past couple of months. He's just not – not be he's hasn't been the guy who was the first five weeks of the season but i think he should be able to put up enough stats in a game they're six point favorites last
3: game in the nfc playoff picture here on sunday night football the lions travel to green bay everything could be on the line this could be an incredible matchup in terms of the implications on sunday night detroit they need to win this game and they need seattle to lose to the rams and then they're in Green Bay, they clinch the number seven seed as long as they win this game. Let's get back to Detroit here, Barry. Which Lions running back do you feel better about against the Packers?
2: I'll I'll say DeAndre Swift. I mean, look, Packers are a bottom ten defense in terms of most receptions allowed running back. Obviously, Swift uh, heavily involved in their passing game, 117 total yards last week with the two touchdowns he looked like DeAndre Swift he looked like he's like oh yeah that's right this guy's really fast Justin Jefferson was banged up we'll see if he plays again their their third down back but yeah if I have to pick one of these guys can be Swift having said that you'll see a decent amount of Jamal Williams both guys are top 30 for me Swift's at 22 Jamal Williams at 28 you can run on the Packers
1: yep my play for this game, betting-wise, you can do a parlay on BetMGM. You take the Rams' money line and the Lions' money line. Because if the Rams win, then the Lions have everything to play for. That's 8-1. to one. And you can do it the other way, too. You take Seattle and Green Bay. There's a huge correlation Oh, I like there. that, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Last one here real
3: quick, guys. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, a, a must-start in this game. Is he saving his best for last? Real quick.
2: Start Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. he's going to go off in the back. He's my he's my QB seven. I mean, Lions have given up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. Yeah, start Aaron Rodgers.
3: We will take one last break. When we are back, it is time for last call. We will be talking about our best picks for Offensive Rookie of the Year. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code BERRY, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code BERRY to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Hey
2: Pretty Let's, sweet deal. It's risk-free. Yeah. That's what we like for the first bet. But, like, we've given you a <laughs> bunch Caveat. of good bets this yeah. week. And we'll continue show. to do that. It's yeah. time
3: for last call. And we're looking okay. at the offensive rookie of the year board right now. After his performance against the Jets last week, Kenneth Walker is the favorite at minus one ten. Garrett Wilson at plus one sixty. Brock Purdy still in the mix here. Jay, your long shot pick from a while back at plus four fifty. Kenny Pickett, Christian Watson, Chris Lave, Brian Robinson Jr. round out this board as the
1: long shots. Jay, let's start with you. Who are you rolling with for offensive rookie of the year? Firstly, it's a I mean, all these guys are great. It's a pretty uninspiring field relative to most offensive rookie of the year season. So that's why I think that in an uninspiring field... I think it might go quarterback. I think the people, voters, they will feel best about just putting a quarterback on their ballot. And to me, like, I would vote for Brock Purdy just yeah. because I think what he has done is the most impressive. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's the last pick in the draft. I know he has Shanahan. I know he has weapons. But I would vote for Purdy personally. But I think the best value on the board might be Kenny Pickett at 18-1. to 1. If he leads the Steelers into the playoffs, which we think might happen, it might just throw— more. People might just throw the stats out and be like, Kenny Pickett led his team to the playoffs.
2: Kenny Pickett's at plus 1,800 versus just plus 450 for Brock Purdy. I agree with you. I think Brock Purdy, just because it's such a great story. Mr. Irrelevant comes in, third-street cornerback, beats Tom Brady, his boyhood idol, right? And then they reel off, assuming they win this weekend, they'll reel off six straight victories. To me, I think that's interesting. It's weird. Chris Olave at plus three thousand has thirty two less receiving yards than Garrett Wilson yeah, this strange. year. Who Garrett Wilson is at just you know plus one sixty. And is like Olave two Olave's less yards. Plus three thousand, right? Yeah. Olave's been nothing, but it's weird in that Garrett Wilson gets a pass because of the bad quarterback play, and people are like, "Ah, right, we well, got Dalton." Yep. Like Chris, o- to me, they should have the same odds. Who do you like, Connor? I I
3: actually, it's a homer pick, I like Garrett Wilson because I think the Jets (laughs) will do everything they can against that Miami secondary to get him this award. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) And he's had good games with Mike White. Garrett Wilson. Plus money. You like Mike
1: White for MVP as well? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Mahomes, Mike White.
2: Exactly. It's not going to – Sauce Gardner will win defensive rookie of the year. We all agree on that. But listen, it's weird. Damian Pierce leads all rookies with scrimmage yards this season. He won't win it because he's a Texan, but whatever. All right. We will see if I'm back tomorrow. But (laughs) I know these two guys will be. It's a wild card. It's game time decision. Peace out. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches.
0: But there's only one McKrispy, So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.